Good morning on this Tuesday morning, and welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Today, as we continue our study on the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of, uh, <clears throat> the Feast of Weeks and, in the New Testament, as it was called, the Day of Pentecost. Doing a comparison and a contrast between the both, both feasts, we've seen the differences and the similarities of what God did during that time in each of the feasts. And we've seen the sacrifices, we've seen the men that were involved, we've seen the benefits, we've seen the, the deficiencies, the difficulties. And now we're going to look at the access. According to the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 7, the individual himself, with the exception of the high priest and then only once a year, had no access to the presence of God, whereas now, because of Christ and what he has done, every single human being that comes to Christ has the possibility of access to the presence of God and an audience with God because of the blood of Jesus because of the name of Jesus, because of what he has accomplished in giving us a status of righteousness, of right standing before God, blameless before him, because of what Jesus has done for us, being made sin on our behalf that we might be, become the righteousness of God in him, the work that he accomplished and fulfilled and done, so that each of us, each of us, as we stand before God on that great and final day of judgment for rewards, and as we give account of our lives before Him, one thing is going to stand out, and that is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that has made it possible for us to have access it would almost be sometimes like gasoline, which would be us coming before the presence of a flame. We're fortunate that we're not consumed, but that righteousness of Christ can never be consumed. But yet anything and everything else that was not of faith and that was not of the righteousness of Christ will be consumed. So let's look at what the scripture says <clears throat> in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 7. But into the second veil went the high priest alone, once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. So there's a couple of things we need to look at here. Into the holy place, the other priest could enter in as far as offering the incense on the golden altar of incense. Uh, trimming the wicks on the lamps and changing and adding oil and the changing of the showbread and eating it on the table of showbread. They could go into that. But as far as going into the next veil that was there, into the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant was and the mercy seat and the cherubims that <clears throat> were on top of it, no one could enter in but the high priest once a year 
on the Day of Atonement, which will be one of the other feasts that we will be talking about and learning. And there he had to first offer blood for himself to make sure that his sins were covered before he could offer the blood for the people's sins. And that was very important to understand. Because their sins were just covered. And they had that consciousness, awareness, that they had sinned before God. They were having their sins covered and atoned for, but they left in the same condition, except without the punishment and the judgment of that condemnation upon their lives. And they'd come back another year later, and it'd be the same routine year after year after year. But with Christ and His church, we have personal access. Whereas the Old Testament church, and I, when I say the Old Testament church, the the nation of Israel, in dealing with the tabernacle and the sacrifices and all that, they had no personal access. You just couldn't. In fact, when uh, two of the sons of Aaron decided they were going to go in and and present uh, and light up uh, the 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 incense there, they they were burned up because they brought in strange fire into that place. Even though they were called of the priesthood that were allowed to go in, but the way that they went in. So even then, no personal access for these individuals to come in. And if you stop and think about the world today, of all the religions that have existed in the past, that exist now, everybody has been, will be, and were looking for a way to access their God or gods. A way to appease them, a way to find their favor, a way to gain acceptance by them. And this included every possible thing that you could think of in each of them trying to. But these were by no means true gods. Many were just simply idols. But those that did know, like the nation of Israel and those that had become proselytes that wanted to join and believe in the true God, like let's say the centurion and and there was others uh, that were brought in. Let's take uh, Ruth, for example, that they wanted to be part of that. They did not have personal access. Now they could pray. But having that personal access into the actual presence of God. In this case, when the high priest was there and the Shekinah glory was there, Moses and Aaron were accustomed to it because it would descend uh, upon the tabernacle. But nobody else had that access. But now we can actually enter into the Holy of Holies because the veil that was there has actually been removed. The mercy seat that is in heaven is stained with the blood of Jesus. Just like the blood stained the Ark of the Covenant mercy seat in the time of Aaron and Moses, 
to cover and atone for the, the sin of the people and the individual. Jesus entered in one time with his own blood into the Holy of Holies, presented his blood before the holy and righteous God, and that blood was accepted. Therefore, the veil was removed because now the righteousness that Jesus had was now accounted unto us. In other words, it was counted in our favor where God would look upon us and see the righteousness of Christ every single time that we would enter into his presence in prayer, in fellowship, in intimate communion. He sees the righteousness of Christ in us. He sees that the blood has not just covered our sins, but has washed them away. Now that is a tremendous difference between the Old Testament, the giving of the law, and the giving of the Holy Spirit. So, the scripture says in Hebrews, in chapter 10, in verse number 19, concerning this, 19 and 20, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. See, that's how we're entering. We're entering with boldness. Why with boldness? Because according to the book of Hebrews in chapter 4, from verse 14, 15, and 16, it talks about the high priest that we have now. He was tempted. He was tested as we are, but yet without sin, and is acquainted with the weaknesses that we in our human frailty have. And because of that, he is able to secure us. He's able to save us. And he invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace, to come and access the mercy that is there for us. And see, there is no veil. There is no door. There is nothing to stop you except willing to come in a humbled heart, contrite in spirit, broken, so that you know and realize we have no right to be there, but the confidence is in what Jesus has done. Jesus has opened up the way for me. Jesus makes the invitation, come boldly. Jesus has provided the faith Jesus has provided the blood so we can enter in with boldness by his blood. But not only by his blood, but by his name. By the name which is above every name. By the name that we can call upon God and he will hearken unto us because that is the name that he has given that represents the ownership of our lives to Jesus. He has bought us with his blood. We have been bought with a price. We do not belong to ourselves. We belong to him. And then verse 20 says, By a new and living way. Talking about this had not existed before. This was not something that was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's just change things a little bit different. But it was something new. It had never been seen on the planet. It had never been seen in heaven where a human being on earth 
could access the presence of God in prayer. And God hearkened to that individual. And because and through the work of the Holy Spirit, that individual sense and know the presence of the living God in his very own life, in the very place where he is kneeling and praying and worshiping and having fellowship with God, and sense and know that God is there at that exact moment and time. It was something new. And it is something new still every single time. But it's not only something new, it was something that was not dead. It was a living way. Jesus is the way, but not just the way. It's not just a road sign, but it is a living way. We have the Holy Spirit directing us. We have Jesus directing us. We have the living word directing our very steps according to his word. And then it says, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us. For us the believer, for us the saints, for us that seek and search for him, for us that want that fellowship. And that was made possible through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. His body being torn for us made it possible for the veil to be torn also and be able to have that new boldness, that new access into the holy presence of God by the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and not have that sense of condemnation, guilt, and fear, and remembrance of sins from the past anymore, because they have been dealt with. And then the scripture doesn't stop there. In Ephesians, in chapter 2, verse 18 and 19, it says, For through him we both, the Jews and the Gentiles now, have access by one Spirit unto the Heavenly Father. Now therefore, verse 19, you are no more strangers, you're no more foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now, you cannot tell me that is not good news. That is wonderful news. That is the gospel. Excellent news. The news that God has granted us access into his very presence without the condemnation and consciousness of sin to destroy us in his very presence. But because my boldness and my confidence is in what Jesus has done, what Jesus has accomplished, believe in that. Trust in his accomplished and finished work and you will know the joys of the presence of God daily in your life. May God grant you the grace, the love, the peace, the favor, and the faith to accept this boldness to come in. In Jesus' name, amen. Till we meet again on Wednesday, in Jesus' name.